Thank you for joining us for this episode of the podcast from the Early Career Working Group of the AII Assembly of the ATS. Today's topic is going to be focusing on ATS beyond the annual meeting, what people can do uh, with the ATS, what services the ATS offers outside of just the annual meeting every year. Joining me today are Dr. Jay Coles, Professor of Medicine at Tulane University, who is the current chair of the AII Assembly, and Dr. Rachel Shiraga, Assistant Professor of Medicine at Cleveland Clinic, who is the chair of the Early Career Working Group for the AII Assembly. Uh, thank you both for being here today. You're welcome. You're welcome. I think a lot of fellows and maybe some junior faculty have had experience, obviously, with the ATS, but that experience is generally, for a lot of folks, limited to just the annual meeting, you know, putting in an abstract, getting a poster, poster discussion, or maybe an oral presentation, and then going to the annual meeting. Maybe they made it to their assembly meeting while they were, while they were there, or maybe not. And then, you know, they go back to, go back home, back to their institution, and then that's sort of the limit of their interaction until the next time, you know, abstracts are due. But the ATS really offers you know, a lot of other opportunities and a lot of services uh, and tools outside of that annual meeting. And so that was, you know, really what I wanted to try to discuss today. You know, obviously there's preparation that goes into next year's meeting, and so there's programming committees that are planning the meeting. There are abstracts, uh, which will be due, I believe, in November. But I was wondering, you know, Dr. Coles, if you could sort of Give us a sense from the assembly perspective of, of what are the things that the assembly is doing you know, kind of in a broad sense outside of, of just the annual meeting. Yeah, well, you know, we have monthly um, calls of the executive committee, which consists of a number of subcommittees uh, in the assembly. One is the nominating committee, and, and that's led by Dr. Bethany Moore, Michigan. And that committee starts to assemble nominations for leadership within the assembly, including the, the next year's program committee. And then there's the planning committee led by Dr. Benjamin uh, Sarat at Vermont. That group has already received six to seven proposals that may turn into workshops or also seek support for position statements that are drafted at, at the assembly level, but then ultimately get approved by the entire um, uh, ATS board uh, before they're published. So there's a lot of activity. The program committee is charged with not only um, reviewing the abstracts that come in in November, but they also are in charge of reviewing um, the symposia that were submitted in the um, in, in June. And that committee also meets early, and I think in 2020 to actually start really outlining what the the 2020 meeting will look like. So logistically, uh, uh, what days uh, will certain symposia be um, be uh, programmed? That's probably one of our busiest committees, and that's currently chaired by um, Angela uh, Rogers and Fernando Hoagland, the uh, uh, chair-elect. And then uh, there's a lot of career development activities that goes on that Rachel can touch on, both early career but also um, uh, mid-career. And then AI also hosts a section on genetics and genomics. There was a lot of discussion about how to have the section have presence, but not, not only at the symposia level, but also uh, in grouping um, Mini symposias. Uh, so for so for the people that are just kind of coming on, you know, and learning ATS structure. So the abstracts that come in in November uh, can get programmed into several venues. Is once a mini symposia, which is a, a series of uh, oral presentations. Then there's the uh, rapid poster discussion, and we're obviously we're we're trying to logistically lay those out such that people that have a scientific interest 
is that they're they're not that these competing potentially competing uh, venues of information are not so logistically spread out that it's almost impossible to a, a, attend similar meetings. And I, I think that's probably one of the, the biggest challenges that uh, the assembly works on periodically throughout the year. Great, thank you. You, know, you mentioned you know there's uh, some early career targeted tools. I wonder, Dr. Shraga, if you could just give us a, an overview of what some of these kind of tools are or, or services that the ATS provides, you know, for folks who are, you know, fellows or, or junior faculty and early in their career. Um, and where would people who are interested look to find these? Oh, yeah, sure, Mark. So the Early Career Working Group and AII is very busy uh, throughout the year, even beyond the international meeting. And what we're busy with is we're busy planning uh, journal clubs, uh, webinars, for which we publish on the atsthoracic.org uh, in the AII assembly website, and so you can access them there, or you can see online uh, when they're scheduled and you can join the webinar and learn about uh, newly high-impact published papers and actually hear from usually the first author and last author and have some great discussions uh, with experts in the field and learn about uh, the new scientific and clinical research topics uh, that are happening throughout the year. Uh, we plan to do uh, six or seven per year, uh, and we, we are on track to do that uh, for 2019. Uh, you can also uh, reach out to our committee or me personally, and you can get involved in moderating uh, these webinars as well. If there's a paper that just came out that you're interested in talking to the authors. This is a great opportunity. The other thing that we run throughout the year is uh, these podcasts, which you're listening to today, uh, and we try to touch on early career topics, which might be of interest. Uh, you can also access the other podcasts that we have uh, done in uh, 2019 and also 2018 uh, on the uh, thoracic.org AII website. Uh, the other thing that we're really involved in is the Mentor-Mentee Program. So this is an ATS-wide program for which they match up senior members with junior members. And actually this year we're piloting a sign-up for most of the year, so it actually is open now. And so you can sign up as a mentor or mentee, and uh, you can even request people that you would like to be matched up with. Uh, or at least enter your interests and upload your CV, and our working group matches you uh, with the appropriate mentor or mentee. And so it's a great program. We've had a lot of great feedback that people meet ATS members that they wouldn't otherwise meet. The goal of the, of the program is to help the junior men, member navigate the meeting, but depending on the bandwidth of your mentor, they might even additionally help you with career advice, et cetera. It's all dependent on the individual interaction. The other program that we just launched, this is our second year, is the apprenticeship program. And a lot of assemblies are involved in this program. But what it is, is it allows junior members to apply. And then they get, if they uh, get selected, they can join the program committee, as Jay mentioned, the committee that programs the symposia and the abstracts 
as mini symposia as well as poster discussions. So they can join that committee for a year as an apprentice with a mentor that's on the committee. Uh, and then if or the planning committee, which is the committee that publishes the documents. And if um, the chair of those particular committees uh, think that uh, they did a great job, then they're able to be a full member uh, for the subsequent years to come. So it's a great opportunity for fellows and junior faculty less than three years uh, on faculty to get involved in the program and planning committee for which usually is mainly composed of uh, more senior members of ATS. So these opportunities uh, are really great for junior members, uh, as well as if you uh, have a Twitter handle. Um, Twitter is also a great resource. Uh, if you follow at ATS Early Career on Twitter, there's links to all what's happening, uh, the mentor-mentee applications, program applications, uh, as well as the webinars, uh, and additionally, if you follow at ATS underscore AII, you can be linked to our direct webinars and podcasts that, are, that come out. Uh, the other great thing are the members in training, in transition and training committee, the MIT committee, they frequently do ATS chats uh, for, on topics relevant to early career professionals. And so if you follow the at ATS Early Career on Twitter, you will be notified when these ATS chats are happening. Uh, and then uh, you can join them and ask questions to the MIT committee members who are uh, publishing the questions. And it really is a great interaction uh, for junior members who have questions from, like questions as how to get involved in ATS or, or how to advance your career what's important in a mentor-mentee relationship. These were all topics that have been discussed. So there are plenty of opportunities, and I think a great place to start is the website, our website at thoracic.org, and you could just search for our Assembly AII, or you can um, go to members and assemblies and sections uh, to get involved. And certainly a lot going on outside the annual meeting, and I, I think it's something that, you know, when you're not, if you're not following, if you're not visiting, you know, the website or Twitter, you could miss a lot of this. It sounds like you could miss a lot of these things that are going on and a lot of these opportunities. Um, it's certainly worth mentioning that, you know, the thoracic.org website has a lot of tools on it. And so some of the things that we mentioned, uh, you can go through the committee there, all the podcasts for the assembly are there. And so we know that, you know, if you're listening through a, a podcast app that a lot of these podcasts can end up jumbled together with other assemblies. But if you're looking for specific early career podcasts, you can actually go through the thoracic.org website to the AI assembly and then the podcast section. And there are all the podcasts listed out. They also have links to the old webinars for old journal clubs um, as well. And so it's a nice resource to find those things collected into an easy-to-use uh, space. They they also, they also have a uh, how do I FAQ which includes how to join an assembly, how to volunteer for a committee, and how do you actually propose a program for the ATS. And then for those that are interested in, in research grants, um, you can sign up for email notifications that will give you kind of give you a reminder when grant submissions are you know, coming up. And then the the apprentice program will actually uh, obviously we, we have a 
we already have our, our appointed apprentices this year, but it will, the, that site should open again in January 2020 uh, for people that are interested in that program. I think it's also worth worth at least mentioning that the ATS website also, of course, has uh, CME and mock activities as well. And so for people who are looking for licensing uh, or just to make sure they're up to date, that can be a great resource there. In addition to guidelines for a lot of respiratory diseases that the ATS puts together, and those guidelines can be found on the website too. You know, it's also worth discussing, you know, the ATS does do a lot of advocacy work, you know, outside of just, again, just the annual meeting. Um, and I was wondering, Jay, if you could sort of talk uh, in a general sense, you know, at least give an overview of what kind of advocacy work the ATS is involved in and for folks who are interested in that, how they might reach out or get involved in that in that work. So, they have, ATS has advocacy both on the research as well as the clinical side. Um, they publish the uh, ATS Washington letter, which is written by the government relations staff, and, that, and that's targeted to both clinicians and scientists to just keep people, the membership abreast of um, legislative or judicial issues that, uh, or regulatory issues that throughout the year. This is obviously very important, for example, if there's some, you know, FDA post-review of, of an approved drug or something, um, that, that can be that can show up in the Washington letter. There's also the ATS coding and billing quarterly for the clinicians. That's written by the ATS Clinical Practice Committee, and that provides members with information about coding and billing and best practices, including the relatively new ICD-10 codes. And then there's the Research News Quarterly, um, which I've actually contributed some content to, and that's written by the ATS Research Advocacy Committee, and that highlights new programs for example, one of the programs that was highlighted recently was the Lung Map Initiative, which is basically a lung atlas of all the, all the cells that are uh, made up in the developing uh, lung. A lot of the data was is based on this technique called single cell RNA sequencing, but essentially kind of trying to define really what the normal lung is. And I think most of the, one of the most interesting aspects is members of the PAR, the Physician Advocacy Patient Advocacy Group. Uh, along with members of the uh, Research Advocacy Committee go to Washington, D.C. and spend a day, it's called the annual ATS Hill Day, where they meet with legislators uh, to try to educate them on the, the, the greater ATS mission, both in terms of supporting research, but also um, the, the VA as an important uh, venue for clinical care for our um, veterans with, with, with uh, lung diseases and sleep disorders. And then... Um, and then the patient advocacy uh, presence uh, really brings it home how clinical research, basic research, but also uh, clinical best practices can really impact the lives of, of patients with, with breathing and, and sleep disorders. Um, there's, a, there's a lot uh, going on, and, and ATS has really outstanding leadership um, uh, in this area and, and actually has an office in the, in the Washington, D.C. Uh, area to, to support this activity. Crazy ATS is doing a lot of these things, and it's you know stuff that I think people aren't or, or may not be aware of. You know, if they're not looking into these or, or paying attention to the emails they're getting from the ATS. Um, so it's nice to give have that heads up and kind of have a lookout for some of these advocacy programs. If for folks who are interested, you know, reaching out, you know, again through throughout.org to the website and getting involved with some of these programs. Yeah, so I uh, on the get involved. Uh, application, I think they can um, mention uh, that they're interested in, in advocacy and, um, and, you know, and potentially serve on the, uh, the, the research advocacy committee. 
And for folks who are looking for that get involved feature, if you go under, I think it's under members and then under committees, you'll see there's a get involved tab that you can click where you can put in all of that information about things that you want to get involved in. Uh, it's just a reminder that that's, that's there at thoracic.org. One of the other things that I wanted to mention, because we, you know, we talk about it somewhat at the annual meeting, but I don't know that a lot of people are, are familiar with it. Um, and suddenly, since the or since AII does a lot of work with asthma, you know, we do run, you know, this asthma center. I think through the thoracic.org website. I was wondering, you know, uh, Rachel, if you could give us a sense of what the asthma center is, what it does. Yeah, sure, no problem. So the asthma center is embedded uh, within the AII assembly, but specifically, it's in the it's run by the AII web committee. Uh, which is currently chaired by Jose Gomez. And the Asthma Center in particularly is run by Mark Aronica. And it's through our website, thoracic.org AII, and it's easy to access. And there's highly relevant asthma information on there and linked to podcasts, actually, that are specific to asthma. But there, there are a bunch of tabs on the Asthma Center website, including the epidemiology, guidelines associated with asthma, uh, reading lists uh, that are based on uh, the topic of asthma, clinical cases that the AII web committee continually updates, and if you in particular have an exciting asthma clinical case, uh, you could reach out uh, to Jose and we could publish your case on the Asthma Center website. There's also other uh, very excellent resources to help uh, clinicians. There's patient resources on the website, uh, as well as National Heart, Lung, Blood Institute of NIH definitions and CDC definitions. So it's a great resource, and it's easily accessed by thoracic.org on the AII uh, website under Asthma Center. I said the Senate Interactive uh, component to the site as well, especially for folks who are doing asthma, uh, to see some of these challenging cases and also get some um, input on these cases that you might not otherwise get if you're just looking at your own you know, institution. Yeah, I think we sort of talked a lot about you know the different components you know that the ATS does, uh, the different things that people can access either through thoracic.org uh, or you know as you mentioned, Rachel, through following you know the ATS. On Twitter, ATS has a couple of different handles. The um, at ATS Early Career is a great resource for getting plugged into uh, when some of these journal clubs are happening, when these Twitter chats are happening, and also just linking to generally useful you know, ATS uh, content or other content that's come out. And then, of course, we have the ATS underscore AII handle that has a lot of the AII-specific information, but also links to a lot of these you know, a lot of these tools as well and these events that are happening throughout the year. And so something I would encourage people to check out um, if you have Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, you can get Twitter without actually having to send out tweets. You can just follow stuff without ever tweeting. And so, you know, it's, it's a really good tool to have to sort of get, you know, have a lot of that information brought to you instead of having to go, you know, to the website to try to pull it down from there. Um, if that's something that you're, you know, more comfortable doing or, or easier for you to engage with. I think that sums up a lot of what we wanted to talk about. I think you know the ATS does a lot, you know, outside of the annual meeting, and certainly a lot of opportunities for folks to get involved 
uh, and a lot of other tools for folks to take advantage of. I think before we kind of wrap up, Dr. Coles, Dr. Shraga, there's sort of one one take-home point you know, that you want to give our listeners. Uh, you know, what would that be? Well, I mean, you know, the, the society is um, you know active throughout the year and has a lot of activity uh, going on. So, you know, it, it, as you mentioned, I think Mark does both the the Twitter site, um, but also the the web has a huge amount of content. And it's my understanding it's been recently kind of re, redeveloped, and so it's much easier to navigate. So if you you know just go to thoracic.org/professionals, that there's a huge amount of, of, of content that's, that's relatively easy to, to navigate on, on the website. Uh, what I would say to listeners is that uh, it's easy to get involved. Uh, you could get involved uh, on thoracic.org by just entering uh, your information and your interests, or you can directly uh, email me uh, in the Early Career Group. Uh, my email is s-c-h-e-r-a-r at ccf.org, uh, and then we are happy to uh, have you moderate a podcast or a journal club. Uh, and if you have continued interest, uh, we do have some availability on our committee uh, for which you can join as a member. So I think once you become a member of a committee, you start being asked to do additional uh, roles in the assembly. Uh, and so I think that's a good uh, way to get your foot in the door uh, and start getting involved uh, in the ATS. Great. Thank you so much. Um, certainly a lot of stuff to look at. You know, like, like you mentioned, a lot of content available, you know, a lot of events happening throughout the year. So hopefully something our listeners will take advantage of. Uh, I want to thank you both again for, for taking time out of your day to be here. Uh, I think this is a, a really valuable session and you know, hopefully a, a valuable podcast for our listeners to find out more about what the ATS is doing outside of the annual meeting every year. So thanks so much for being here. Of course. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, thank you also for, for listening to our podcast today. We hope you found it uh, helpful. Feel free to reach out to us with other ideas for podcasts or other topics through the uh, thoracic.org website or by email, G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R-M at upmc.edu. Um, we're always happy to hear new ideas for, for content or podcasts.